months, I used to feel like I felt like I was in a dunking machine. Mm. It's like I would come up for three seconds of air and get dunked again for 10. And this went on for a good two and a half years. Um, and I and I referenced that because it doesn't matter whether it's losing a company, a marriage, you know, a job, you know, something significant in life. It happens to all of us. It's how do you navigate through those tougher times and trust that there's a greater, you know, that the, the growth and the opportunity in those moments is so powerful if we allow it. In today's episode, we have Lisa Odenweller, superfood guru, founder of Beaming and Chroma Wellness, backed by Gwyneth Paltrow and Amy Schumer. Welcome to Building Billions, where we cover the risks and rewards of success. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to Building Billions. So excited to have you here. Hi, Katrina. So happy to be here. So tell me about you. Tell me of everything that you've built so far. Well, God, where do we start? So I guess specific, I mean, I grew up in a healthy family. And so health has always been a big part of just my lifestyle. I was the family that nobody wanted to go to our house after school because we didn't have any junk food. So, and my, my parents were always exercising and my grandfather did a thousand push-ups and sit-ups a day until, you know, in his nineties. So it's always been this part of me. And I think fast forward after many careers from everything from working in software to working at Nestle out of college, selling chili and cheese sauce and country sausage gravy and everything not healthy. Um, to starting an interior design company and window coverings company to a jewelry company as I was having children and on and on. There was this bigger mission for me that was, I have, I, I have to make a real difference in the world. And I think a lot of people can relate to that just bigger calling. And for me, there was just, I, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I, I really had this, this pull to, to make an impact in the world. Probably part of it's because I'm Aquarian. And I think Aquarians think that we can change the world. So 100%. I'm sure that had something to do with it. But, um, and I grew up in a very, very entrepreneurial household um, with my father being a big developer and stuff. And so, and my mom being an interior designer. So I was always surrounded by people creating and doing and creating something out of nothing. So I and think all you can of those see that then, in your product yeah. too. You, you have a very good design element in everything that you've created. Um, you can tell that there's, there's a lens. Thank you. My father gives me a hard time. He says his Gucci daughter. <laughs> and that, and so, cause he's so not that. And it's much more from the, the lens of, I just really believe in quality. And that goes everything from the ingredients you use and the integrity and, you know, where your suppliers and just the whole ecosystem down to what's the presentation, right? And that's, and I think that in today's world, we expect more and more of that. I mean, if you go to a hotel now, that service has been up-leveled, you know, we expect packaging to be this huge unveiling and I, and we feel the difference, right? So thank you for that. Um, and, and, and so I think kind of going back to where I was saying, it's just this underlying, how can I contribute to the world? And, had several aha moments along the way that really led me to wellness. Um, some of it was my own personal health journey and having three kids and getting older and experiencing some of those shifts and some other things that really led me to now the path that I've been on now for 14 years within wellness. What was that Genesis moment that gave you that aha to inspire you to keep going? So there, there were a few along the way. Um, and one of the ones I think that really stood out the most is in my late thirties. Um, I think it's about 38. I was experiencing you know, weight gain, hair loss, lo loss of sex drive, 
inflammation all over my body. I was always very athletic, always really, you know, active and ate well, but just didn't feel good. Um, digestive, digestive issues, um, all the things and bloating, et cetera. And I went to my gynecologist for my annual and I was explaining to her how I was feeling. And she really basically rolled her eyes at me and said, oh, honey, welcome to getting older. That is so unacceptable. And like, how how is it okay it was, to say that that is like what's happening? Because it's not. I'm very violently and, opposed. And it <laughs> happens uh, violently opposed. And it, unfortunately, you hear the story a lot. I mean, Dr. Sarah Godfrey tells a story a lot about her patients that come to her with this same exact story. And it's almost 38, right? I don't want that answer at 52, yeah. right? I don't really actually ever want that answer because, and that's really, I think the bigger point, which is how do you take health into your own hands? And that's what I did. And I just thought, this is unacceptable. I'm not surrendering to getting older. Um, it's inedible that we're gonna get older, but I'm gonna get older thriving. Oh yes, you're and gonna get younger. You're going to get younger. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to get younger. And I feel that way. You know, I feel like, so I'm 52 now and I feel like I'm about 38, <laughs> 35, 38. I have, I have the energy of that. I have just the vitality of that. I don't think of myself as being 52 because I feel young and I, and I, and I live young. And I do really equate a lot of that to, it's obviously lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, I do exercise every day and I really am mindful about what I eat, but I also really enjoy food. I mean, I went to Top Top restaurant in LA last night because I love food and I had a beautiful glass of wine with some, you know, very indulgent food. So finding the balance of that, I think is really important. And because those are some of the greatest joys of life too. But for me, really taking health into my own hands, diving deep into food as medicine, Mm -hmm. and understanding how much control we have over our health and something that I think we take for granted. And if you even dissect that a little bit more, I mean, whether it's 70 or 80% of our health we control, that's a lot. It's insane. And I don't think people realize and that. people don't, um, I think the current system is, is flawed in a way where people aren't focusing at the yeah. root cause of problems. Um, they're just kind of putting a Band-Aid solution on yeah. things and not really solving the nitty gritty. I believe you, yeah. in your background, experienced it with your daughter a bit. Uh, walk us through that journey of what like led to you creating your products. So I think, you know, as any entrepreneur can relate to, I mean, we're inspired by something, a need that needs mm -hmm. to be solved. And so for me, obviously, I had this moment with the doctor that was like, yeah, no, that's not an acceptable answer. And simultaneously, I had two little boys at home who were bouncing off of walls because we were feeding them whole grain goldfish, thinking they were good for them, not realizing there was blue and red dye in them. So, you know, again, this is 14, 15 years ago. So I think we've come a long way. We have a lot farther to go. But more specifically, as it relates to my daughter, I think at about the age of nine, she's 25 now. She works for Chroma. We're best of friends. Um, she's been working for me since she was 11 or 12, right? So just context there. So she's nine years old. So this is, you know, do the math 14 you know, years ago or so, 15 years ago, 16 years ago. And um, she was on ADD medication. We had gone to five doctors all five doctors said there's no other option. She has to be on medication. Now, mind you, she wasn't hyper. She just was having trouble focusing in school. Mm -hmm. And I went to five doctors because I kept, I didn't accept, I didn't like their answer. I was like, there has to be another way. There can't, it can't just be medicine. Yeah. And so as I reached, searched further, um, I thought, well, this medication can cause depression. And she already has some of those tendencies. Like this 
this could get worse. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, well, yeah, there's, but there's no other choice. And I surrendered to this because I didn't know what to do. I wasn't educated like I am now. I never felt good about it. She was on the medication for about two years. And so, yes, she was able to focus better in school, but we weren't fixing anything. Mm. Like we weren't getting to the root of the problem. After a couple of years on the medication, it started to cause this mood disorder. So then they put her on another medication <laughs> to fix the mood problem, which then made her catatonic. Oh so goodness. she just like had like, it was like sort of lifeless. And she's 11 years and old. And this is your baby. You're mother, lo looking at your baby being baby. like, where is, where is my baby? <laughs> this is wrong. Mm -hmm. This is really, really wrong. And she's 11 years old. And so at that time, I was really, I had gone to IIN, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. I was really diving deep into this food as medicine, making shifts in the home. And I had that aha moment that, you know, how can I use food to heal her? And so we did this test at home. I said, what if we remove all the inflammatory triggers that, you know, inflame the, the body, but also the brain, especially if you're sensitive? And mm -hmm. that's a lot of what ADD is, you know, an output from. And so sugar, huge dairy, Huge. gluten, massive, anything processed, right? So let's just start there. You know, just, mm -hmm. it's even separate from organic. I so said, we're going to remove all of that and just eat really clean, lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of lean proteins. It doesn't have to be lean, but just like clean, clean food. And let's see what happens. And we did a test for two weeks. I kind of made it a game because yeah. it's hard for kids, you know, to take away gluten because that's what all the kids eat. They eat sandwiches, they eat pizza. You go to school pasta, and everyone around you has a crazier lunch than you and I had Doritos mine. like my mom was very nutrition based 100%. so I literally had vegetables and I'd be like trying to trade vegetables it didn't work like no one wanted. no it didn't work exactly <laughs> so it's a hard thing to do like I don't want to make this sound like this was just like oh we did this and everything was great but I made it a game and what was so brilliant and beautiful and tragic is that in two weeks of eating clean we were able to take her off medication and she never went back on. Oh. And that was a moment of truth for me, which was really how incredible because the inflammation that this food was causing was affecting her ability to focus in school. So how amazing that we were able to solve this naturally, but mm -hmm. how scary that we were led so wrong through Western medicine. And I don't, there's a, there's a place for Western medicine. So my point isn't to, you know, completely bash on it, but I do think it's really important. And so much of my mission in life is to empower people with their health, to ask questions, to go deeper, to understand how much control we have over our health. And it doesn't always come in a pill sometimes, but before going there, look at food, look at your lifestyle. How are we mm -hmm. taking care of ourselves? How are we getting enough sleep? Are you moving? Are you meditating and creating mindfulness practices? Are you, do you even know what you're eating? Have you looked at a label and looked at the, the ingredients in your food? It is uh, and, shocking and when you go to the grocery caffeine. store and start reading the labels. You're like, I don't understand any of this. Like what, what is in my food? Yeah. Very scary. Terrifying. It's very, very scary. Terrifying. I mean, I love the food babe and all the work that she has done <laughs> so to much. really bring to life these ingredients. She's, she's brilliant. Love her. Thank God. Bow to her. Right. Yeah. And you know, she's, had huge headways, but again, we have so far to go. So the only thing we can do is to take it into our own hands. Mm -hmm. And I, and that became really my mission was I have to tell, I, I have to do something with this information. And that became my aha moment of here's how I can impact the world. And so then it was like, well, what, in what format, right? So it's like, do I write a book? Do I write blogs? Do I teach and educate? 
And what I realized is the greatest way I could personally impact as a foodie Mm -hmm. was to create the food. What if I can create the food and help you feel so good that that light bulb goes off for you? Because it's one thing, especially in today's crazy world, we're all so busy. We're overwhelmed with too too much information. Mm -hmm. We're saturated with too much information, contradicting information. If I can give you food that's super clean, tastes amazing, like you actually crave it, could you, would you be inspired to make simple changes that would really transform your health? And what if I could do it in a way that the whole family wanted it? Mm-hmm. And that became the vision that really started my first wellness brand, which was Beaming. And we launched um, our first superfood cafe in Del Mar, California in December, 2012. And then grew it to twelve loca- or ten locations in Southern California, and that so was really where the journey that, began. The first, the first journey of like creating beaming, and what was that process like? Because no entrepreneur's journey is easy. Um, and so, walk us through oh, a God, little no. bit of the lens back then. <laughs> you want the real lens, the uncensored lens? Oh, we want the real, real. The, the real, real. The real, real. I was going through divorce. I had three little kids, so my boys were probably five and six, and my daughter was, you know, 12, 13, 11, 12, 13, and so it was a crazy time. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't have any money for my divorce. I was on this entrepreneurial journey. It was one of those things, and I think so many entrepreneurs can relate to this. The mission was so big, I couldn't not do it. So even though I had every obstacle in the world, even though I had no experience in running restaurants, no experience in food. I wasn't, you know, a, a highly trained nutritionist. I had gone to IIN. I'd never gone to business school, so I'd never raised money. I mean, basically on paper, I had no qualifications to do that's it. That's the best. And I'm a mom with three kids. But that's the best. So, but the, That's the only way. <laughs> and sometimes when you have the qualifications, we, we get in our way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the naivety, I think, of how I went into it is part of what made it so successful because I didn't have the blocks of mm-hmm. this is how you do it. I had no idea how you do it. So I just winged it and found people to help me put the pieces of the puzzle together. So as I was going through divorce, we created a beta program for, and this was, this is my beaming days, right? This is yeah. pre-chroma. And it was during the juice cleansing days. And every, all my friends were partying from Thursday to Sunday. And then they would juice fast from Monday to Wednesday to mm-hmm. fit back in their skinny jeans. And I thought, I don't have to be a doctor to know this is crazy. Like I got to stop the madness. And so as I was on this journey through, you know, reading and studying and tasting and experiencing cleansing, experiencing foods, vegetarian, raw foods, all the things. I I put together this food-based cleanse. It was like way ahead of its time. I was like, what if I make a superfood culinary inspired cleanse that is delicious, that uses food, like actually like salad. This is before today's day of like everything before being today. now. Like way before. You were an early adopter. Way. <laughs> This is 13, 14 years ago, literally. And so sort of the first in the country to come up with this culinary program, which every day the menu changed. It was that the food was phenomenal. I Mm -hmm. mean, I worked with some of the top chefs, one of which is Adina Nimorow, one of my dearest friends. She and I got in the kitchen. I mean, we created something that had never been done. And we launched it in San Diego out of my home. My kids were labeling bottles. You know, my friends were helping deliver these cleanses to, I mean, it was madness, right? Then we, then we became so popular that we had to go into a cupcake kitchen and create from the cupcake kitchen. And it was absolute mayhem. I mean, at the time we couldn't even do purchasing on the web. 
And so we were like managing off of an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, taking credit card orders over the phone. And oh I mean, you know, it was, it became this cult thing that everyone wanted the beaming cleanse mm-hmm. because they were, they were it, exactly what I was hoping. Could I help you feel so good and look good? I, yeah. I get the vanity part um, that you are inspired to change, that you want, you want this food all the time. And what happened was about a thousand to 1200 people went through the program over the course of a year. They were obsessed with the products. They had to have them. And that then led me to opening the first cafe and raising the money to open my first cafe in Del Mar. What was the process and, like um, again, raising capital? Because you were completely new to it. Be, uh, yeah, I had no idea. I mean, this actually is sort of a funny story. I don't even know if I've ever told it. But so as you're building this business plan, right? And yeah. you've d- never done it before. And then you're like, well, how do I even begin to do projections of how much money we're going to make? Like I can kind of figure out how much it's going to cost sort of because we've just been building these cleanses and I kind of know how much the food costs, but you don't really know. So you're, you're putting the pieces of the puzzle together. So I would sit outside Starbucks. I would count how many people went into Starbucks, how many people were going into Jamba Juice. And then I would like kind of pay attention to what was the average ticket order. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, you're on the internet, you're scouring the internet. Like what are juice bars in uh, New York city doing? What's this smoothie bar doing? Like trying to find information. And then that I put that information together and I thought, okay, you know, 300 people have to come through the store, you know, spend this much of money. This is a kind of, that's how I created this business model. It was literally back of the napkin, scrappy. And that's how you do it. That's it. And I'll never forget. I, I came to the accountant and I said, we're going to do X millions. And he laughed me out the door and he's like, Lisa, you'll be lucky to do half of that. And I said, well, I'm actually going to do double that. And he's like, okay. And I said, watch me. And we did. And it was just one of those things where you just, as an entrepreneur, you, you, that's actually the fun part, I think, is just that like figuring it out. I mean, it was exhaustive. It's, and it's all based as on a single hope. mom. If, it was, if you're not hopeful totally. as an entrepreneur, you have nothing. Hope is the secret sauce. <laughs> yeah. So true. So, so true. And hope and passion and mission. I used to say that the, the mission was, and I still feel this way. It's like, it's divine for me. Like it's, mm. it's bigger than me. Right. And especially when you're a mission driven entrepreneur, the feedback, knowing you're making change, knowing you're having impact it drives you, you know, even past the fear, past the unknowns, past all the complexities. And I think in creating the first cafe, everything that could go wrong did, right? And and I'll even go so far to say is because I didn't have money, I had to move. I was, I had two operations people that I needed to help me build this, that knew how to mm-hmm. do restaurants. I didn't know. I moved them into my house, moved my kids into my room, and then we just basically operated out of my house with, you know, three little kids um, to get to that first store opening. And so it was just whatever it took. And then it, the first cafe for Beaming ended up becoming the most successful concept in the country within its first year. It was producing more revenue per square foot than anything else in the country. Take that and business plan. The, the brand you did off. it. Yeah, right. We did it. And we're like, how did we do that? But it was, you know, and and it took off from there. And then of course, lots, it got lots of attention. People Mm -hmm. really wanted, they saw what we had created. They saw how special it was. For me personally, it was like, I saw the kids coming to Beaming and not McDonald's right after school or for lunch or after soccer practice. And it became this cult thing in San Diego. And um, it was beautiful. And people were You created a category in a way. 
you created the category yeah. that is now what everyone is craving and wants and needs. And you, you, totally. you established that education, like you educated the population, which was incredible. So thank you. I mean, how and, and inspired, hopefully, right? And I think this it's we've come so far and we have so much further to go. I mean, obviously Erewhon at the time, there was one location for Erewhon. Those of you, you know, who know LA or Erewhon, mm-hmm. you know, it's like <laughs> the most epic grocery store in the world. Famous <laughs> but, on TikTok. You know, there was <laughs> I was on TikTok totally, but there was only one of those, right? And yeah. it wasn't what it was today. And all these other concepts, I mean, it's beautiful. And all the products that we have in the grocery store now and the gluten-free options and everything and organic is at Target and in, um, you know, Walmart and Costco. And so we have come a long way, but we still have to take health into our own hands because there's a lot of marketing, um, you know, there's a lot of marketing. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise. And some people have a little bit more noise and they're not taking it back to their root. And every human functions differently and they really need to understand their own landscape of what they need from the universe or the planet. Totally. Totally. And just, it's just being educated, right? And you don't have to be the expert, but you have to look at the label and see like what's in my food. And, you know, it's pretty basic too. And I think that's Mm -hmm. something that people... We overcomplicate. What does it mean to be healthy? Somehow we think we have to make all these sacrifices. It's going to be so hard. I, it's not going to be enjoyable. It has and to taste where horrible. I have always approached it, it's going to taste bad. It's just, I don't have time for it. And I get it. And a lot of what I've done through both beaming and now Chroma is I'm going to create beautiful, delicious foods that easily fit into your life, that take away the complexity of feeling good and nourishing mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, and, and really support you in your wellness journey. Um, and, and if we can inspire one moment of your day, because you started to drink our matcha instead of coffee, that's a win. If you love our porridge in the morning, instead of having a bagel and cream cheese or skipping breakfast, and you have this metabolism boosting, delicious porridge in the morning, that's a win. And so it's all the habit stacking that people just need to see and feel like, oh, I can do this. It's like, go, you know, going to the gym. It's like every little, you know, step towards that direction is, is something that we build on. And that's what I've done with food. Absolutely. And we can see that in the way you've, you've, you have not, you just didn't build just one business. You built two. And within those frameworks, you both are mission driven, both are helping people with their wellness. What was the transition like between beaming and chroma? Walk me through that process. So we built beaming to about 10 locations, uh, mostly in LA. We were actually in some of the Equinox gyms. We were at the LAX airport. Um, we had every celebrity under the sun coming to the stores. We were in every magazine. And it was really an incredible, as, as an entrepreneur um, who, again, winged it, um, yes. you know, it was one of those, just something I'm very proud of, right? We created something really mm-hmm. beautiful. People still stop me and tell me what their favorite thing of beaming was, you know, whether it was the beaming cookie or the Lisa's Lean and Green Smoothie or the Rockstar or this salad or this wrap. I mean, what we did was so, so special. And, you know, people always ask me, are you going to do it again? <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I hear the, but... I hear the nervousness in your <laughs> voice. <laughs> I mean, working non-perishable, you know, organic uh, foods is very hard, brick and mortar. Yeah. But what we did was beautiful. And my vision for Beaming was always to do what we're doing now with Chroma, which was how do we mm. take the good of what Beaming is, reach more people 
you know, through non-perishables. So beaming obviously was perishable. So all the non-perishables of Chroma, the powder-based nutrition, how can you have this delicious broth at home that all you have to do is add hot water, right? It goes with you. It travels with you. It goes to the office. I couldn't reach everyone with beaming. And so that was really always my, my bigger vision. I I, as a first-time entrepreneur, I made some great mistakes. Um, I love the way costly. you branded that. Great mistakes. <laughs> Everyone needs to remember so, that. They are great mistakes. <laughs> great mistakes. And, you know, ultimately, it cost me the company. Um, I made some mistakes on the board. I made some mistakes with just, you know, maybe we grew too fast. I mean, who knows? There's a lot of lookbacks. And by the way, you make mistakes all the time, right? My biggest mistakes were not having the right people involved that really weren't aligned where when the company's going well, everyone's like, go baby, go. When it's not, cause it's, there's gonna, the shit's gonna hit the fan many, many times. You need to surround yourself with people who are gonna stand with you, not against you and figure it out together. And I didn't know about building a board. I'd never had a board before. And that one ultimately, you know, cost me the company because the board was not in alignment with really what we were building and the vision for it. And they started cutting corners and not using organic and not innovating. And there was a lot of things they did that just became out of integrity for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm giving you the very raw response. And eventually, sadly, after, you know, I fought for it for a couple of years um, because it was such a beautiful brand and doing so much good in the world. And I finally just exited and I had to go take some time learn what I needed to learn, understand, you know, where it was my role. How did I get here? How do I never get here again? And then find the inspiration to create again. How did you and heal yourself during big... that? Cause that would have been so hard. And here's your first baby. And then you, ha- you were forced to exit your baby <laughs> and then move on mm-hmm. and cr- go back to that creative energy, which is hard to find. Yeah, it was hard. It was really hard. And I watched them destroy it. Yeah. Um, I've seen it sort of trickle back. It's sort of back there again, which is sort of weird because I'm like, I created that, but I don't know what this is. Anyway, different story. But I think um, for me, you know, it was really hard. I mean, I you had to do a lot of soul searching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to Hoffman. Um, for those of you familiar with the Hoffman process, I went to Hoffman and I did a lot of different workshops and did a lot of really deep work. And I think what's important with that comment is the thing that one of the hardest things for me in that process was I just wanted to like clap and it be done. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be like, okay, I'm good now. I'm ready to create again. And one of the things I really had to learn was my, my growth and evolution was going to happen on its own terms. Mm -hmm. I couldn't just snap my fingers and be like, let's go. It was like, no, the work we're still, there's still more work to do. And it was a really, somebody who is a creator, who, you know, can land on their feet always. I really had to surrender to the process. And there was a lot of days I used to feel like, I felt like I was in a dunking machine. Mm-hmm. It's like I would come up for three seconds of air and get dunked again for 10. And this went on for a good two and a half years. Um, and I, and I referenced that because it doesn't matter whether it's losing a company, a marriage, you know, a job, you know, something significant in life, it happens to all of us. It's how do you navigate through those tougher times and trust that there's a greater, you know, that the the growth and the opportunity in those moments is so powerful if we allow it. Absolutely. And, and that we will get to the other side. And now that I'm on that other side and it gave me, it gave me the humility, it gave me 
there's just there was a wisdom there was just a different way because I was able to see the mistakes that I made mm -hmm. and then really apply the this new knowledge if you will or wisdom into the creation of chroma and one of the ways I mean probably the two biggest ways that that became hugely impactful for chroma is one I knew I needed an operating partner that was one of my big mistakes with, with Beaming is I didn't have an operations and finance partner mm -hmm. that really was side by side because that's not what I'm good at. Like know what you're good at, right? Keep me on the marketing, the branding, the product innovation, you know, getting the brand out there, all the things, the passion side. Mm -hmm. Let someone else operate. And there are and so people who are first, physically, mentally, emotionally built like that. They, they can handle that. A lot. Yeah. And you have to have that. You have to have that. And none of us are great at everything. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs make that mistake of trying to do everything and it doesn't work. And so I was just, and, I, and the funny part about that is it was more of a, I manifested it, if I will. Yes. I was like, I can't create again. I have the vision, but I can't do it until I have this person or partner or something. And randomly, I met that partner at a music festival. Who knew? Who knew? Um, <laughs> who knew? I mean, I put it out to all of my network and went on LinkedIn and did all the things that you do. And I just happened to be dancing next to some guy at a music festival and he ended up being my business partner. So you never know. You, you never, never know. know. I mean, I, so, yeah, there's and, a lot of moments in life that you're like, oh, like, how did this happen? Oh, that was supposed to happen. Okay. And he, you know, he's, I could never have done this without him. Mm -hmm. And our businesses run so well because of this team, this power team of I can go do what I do best. He just, he runs that complex side of the business that I would be horrible at. And we really are a pretty dynamic duo. So that was one. The other is, was in raising money, I, one, you know, really didn't, didn't want a board. So mm -hmm. the, our board is very small. We control our destiny. I have my business partner and I and one other um, gentleman who's phenomenal. And we're a team, right? Mm -hmm. And there's, it's, it's, it's fun, actually. And we have advisors on the board. We have a great time. It, like, what can we create, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what you want. And then from the investor side, I imagined bringing in investors who were passionate in what we were doing, believed in what we were doing, wanted to help us tell the world. Kind of thought, what if I could create this incredible group of inv uh, angel investors that would jump on board, whether it was a big celebrity or the mom in the community and everyone in between, and they would help us tell the world. And that was the vision. And that's what we ended up doing and how we raised money. That's incredible. So if you were, let's put yourself in, in the shoes of between the two businesses and you were given a capital run, what are the main things that you would do without fail to create something successful? What were the main like things the I pieces, would do? The um, pieces that make the puzzle. Well, so I'm not sure if I'm going to get your question answer answer it right. But I mean, I think the first thing is just that that mission, right? Mm -hmm. That mission, that vision that's so clear. Your why mm -hmm. really is what I always say. That why, because the why is gonna keep is what's gonna keep you going when the shit hits the fan. Yeah. Right? The why is gonna be what keeps you going when you're exhausted and you just you don't think you can do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? That's where that's where we 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 Kind of get that's where that the grit comes from, like that through. excess you that's can you really push from. through because of. Yep. Yeah, I think that surround yourself with people who know a lot more than you do about mm -hmm. the things you don't. Don't try to do it all. Um, really step into your zone of genius. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think to piggyback on that one, trusted people actually want to help, right? And people do want to, your energy is contagious. So if you're passionate and you can convey that story, people want to jump on the train with you. Absolutely. And, but you, first it has to start with you. You have to believe, right? And, and really, again, understand what you're best at um, and lean into that. And, um, and I don't think there's, sorry, I'm going to switch sides. I don't think there's one way to like, I, a lot of people don't need to raise money. Mm-hmm. And if you don't need to, don't, right? Mm-hmm. We, we launched with 14 products, massive packaging. We actually needed a pretty significant amount of capital to launch, which was about a year and a half ago when we actually came to market. So we needed the capital, uh, not an easy thing to do, no. to raise money before you have a proof of concept or a product in the market. So that was that took me a long time and mm-hmm. a lot of no's to get to yeses. Um, if you don't need to raise money, don't. Um, I think that the, the environment has changed such that, you know, a mindful growth is what wins now. There was mm-hmm. a time where everyone seemed to think, it, it seemed like everything was just, you, you had an idea and somehow it just made millions, right? Or somehow it just got funded. The unicorn and somehow. There was yeah, unicorn everywhere. And everywhere. I think <laughs> that there's been a strong reality check, uh, mm-hmm. a massive reset in the market. And I think just to, you know, create from a place of passion without overextending or trying to do too much too fast. Hmm. There is a, there's a power to the steady growth. There's definitely a power to it where you, you, you can create and service one community and really develop your community and grow that way. Yeah. And I think, you know, here we are in our second year and Mm -hmm. you have, and we took off fast and, you know, everything you could want as an entrepreneur and as a visionary and, um, and a servant, if you will, to the community is happening, right? And so all those things are great, but it's also, it's, it gets, it gets more complex because there's more shiny objects, there's more opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so my job and working with my team is how do we stay focused? How do we Mm -hmm. really build the foundations of the company to build, build from? Because a lot of other things that happen for entrepreneurs is there's this opportunity and that opportunity. We want to say yes to all of it. It's really hard to say no. And a do you lot have a rubric that you right go back to? Focus, focus, focus. Do you have like a yeah, little bit yeah, of like an do. assessment questionnaire for your own brain where you're like, that's too shiny. That's not the thing, but it's so shiny. I mean, I think it's just, you know what your focus is. Like our, mm-hmm. our, our focus this year is crush the basics, get the foundations yeah. in place. It doesn't fit into that puzzle. Then it's not, it doesn't fit right now. You know, and, and, and it's, yes, I have a shiny object that came in yesterday. That was a big one. And so we're saying yes. <laughs> so, okay. you know, there are little, you know, you, you get the ones where you're like, okay, that one's a yes. Um, but I also look at what's the lift. How big mm-hmm. is the lift to do this? Right. How many yeah. resources am I going to take us off the track? And, and so that's part of that, that decision process. Um, but yeah, I think going back to your the point, it's like, too. Yeah. Yeah, because you just can't do everything. And there's only so many hours in the day. And everything takes longer than you think. Always. Why is it that it takes longer? We always are so much more optimistic thinking it's going to be like, I can handle all of these things. And like one thing moves forward. Why? I'll give a funny example. I woke up the other morning. It was like three weeks ago. And I was like, hey, you guys, we should send this text to this this group, this cohort. (laughs) And And so what seemed like a simple text, right? Within, you know, a couple hours, we had the text written. 
it took like two and a half weeks to get this text out. Oh and I, and I'm laughing when I say this because all of a sudden there was a complexity to like the technology and the phone numbers and this whole thing. And it just was one of those things that something that we thought we could just get done and like, boom, like move that one. You're off. like, it was done yesterday in became, my brain. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what do you mean this text hasn't been sent yet? So anyway, that it's, you just have to like really understand, be realistic about what you can really take on so that people also feel like that, you know, they can feel successful. Um, mm -hmm. We all need to see, you know, the impact and contribution we're making. And um, some, a lot, I think a lot of times, and we do this too, it's like we overextend or, you know, overcommit. Um, and then you have to kind of reset. You have those moments of being like, oh, like maybe oh, yeah. I took on too much here. And it, also you want to see things through to its maximum or the best of your ability. And then within that, it takes absolutely. And to do that. And I think that's such a great point, Katrina. So for us, it's, I am of the mindset that if we are not delivering value to mm -hmm. our consumer, don't do it. I would rather, yeah. if I can't send you an email that's high value, I'm not going to send it to you. And we've What's done a lot of like low value things like that I've pulled and said, uh-uh, like don't leave everybody alone unless we can deliver value. And, and people are, are getting inundated with lack of value too. I think people, are, people yeah. are confused with the noise versus value. And you can, for yeah. example, even in email marketing, they think about it where they're like, send an email every day. And you're like, no, you're just going to annoy people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like don't actually. And they'll, they'll appreciate you more if you send less with yeah. higher value. So, um, but yeah, so it, it's, and to do that, it takes more time, right? Always. I mean, just the little tidy nuances of delivering at that level, which is really what's expected now by the consumer. It's the intentional practice. They can feel it through whatever yeah. technology medium that you're using and the consumer always knows. And so if you can come from an authentic place, it really does translate, which is magical. Well, and I think so to build on that even further, we, the best marketing is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And I think a pr problem with a lot of brands in the past few years is they way overspent on paid media. And mm -hmm. so in building Chroma, I never wanted to build a company that was dependent on paid media. And so for me, it was always about how do we get people telling people? And if they love your product and you can deliver a great experience, that will happen. And that's really mm -hmm. what our success has been built on is word of mouth. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's the hardest in, initially because it, it's, you know, you can just turn on paid media and it's like you're out there. So Yeah, you can just turn spell, it and it looks easy and fast and whatever it is, yeah. but it doesn't generate long-term value. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I, I think that's a big mistake that a lot of companies, because it's, it's more about, I'm more about retention. Mm -hmm. I'm about how can we really create that long-term relationship with you who trust us, right? If you yeah. did our reset, our five-day reset, and you, you know, the, you trusted us for five days. That's a huge commitment on, on your part. And so I want to make mm -hmm. sure that we're delivering on our part and continuing to hold your hand in that journey. And so that's where we spend our time is really nurturing those relationships because that, if you can make them really happy beyond mm -hmm. the fact that they lost weight, they feel great. They loved it. Those are those really important things. So the product piece is massive, but also yeah. above and beyond that, they're your best they're, they're your best spokesperson. Um, and that's something that really, you know, is so, so much of what's brought Chroma, you know, to the map and to the world is people telling people.
it's i think right now there's a rhetoric that's going around which is like bringing people back to being consumer centric it's to your audience totally. who your buyer is and who's your audience and and make your own audience member into your influencer for your business because you've treated them well and you've serviced their needs um i think people got so distracted by like paid media and just being able to accelerate things but then you don't service your in cohort, so you're consistently having to purchase yeah. and buy and buy and buy, and then you get into a feeding frenzy. Well, the consumer's smart too. They they yeah. they know the difference. They can feel the difference. Absolutely. And so yeah. I think uh, your product has to be the best, right? The 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 why behind the product has to be very clear. Mm -hmm. um, and then what's the experience that you're delivering on that? Absolutely. So then you decided you were, you had an idea. It was going to be incredible. You're going to build this new, new business again, uh, from the ground up. What was it like? Tell me a story within it that you were like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can continue. This is dramatic. Oh God. I mean, there was so many. Okay. Here's a fun one. So <clears throat> I, and so with beaming, I mean, I, I'll give you the, again, uncensored. So with yes. beaming, I basically lost everything financially. So starting at zero. Mm -hmm. Um, I went into that deep dive, come through it, come with this new vision. And the vision wasn't a hundred percent clear. And I really want to make that clear from the get-go when I launched and I call it Chroma 1.0, I launched it with four adaptogen super lattes and I launched it because a couple things, I knew I wasn't launching a latte company, but I knew I had to get a product in the market to create momentum if for nothing else for me so mm -hmm. that I could exp uh, understand supply chain. So I could understand uh, direct to consumer marketing. So I could understand production. I'm coming from a restaurant world, mm -hmm. right? And so now I'm going online. I'm working with non-perishables. I've never created anything in a box that's for map, for bigger distribution. So instead of waiting for the this is it moment, I just said we're going to put something out in the market and I'm going to figure it out, yes. right? The, you know, and and I found an investor to invest in me that really got behind. The, just even the, the first vision. So fast forward, we're in the market for three months and I decide to pull it. And it's not because the product wasn't great. The product was phenomenal. It, there was four lattes that we launched. It was because I saw, I, I got the vision for how we could really make a difference. And it was to go back to what made Beaming so successful, which was a five-day reset mm -hmm. that really gives people <clears throat> that opportunity to, to, to check in, to feel their best, and then change habits and behavior for the long term. So I went back to that same philosophy and I said to go to my investor, and there's actually a couple of them, and I said, I need you to trust me, but we're gonna disappear for two years and we're gonna come back oh, wow. bigger than ever. But you gotta trust me. And and of course they're looking at me like we have no idea of what you're doing and why you're doing it, but okay. And I had to build that, you know, story for what I saw was this much, much bigger opportunity for both the business and having impact. Um, so that was a big, big, huge risk. Um, yeah. It was a big ask. Um, fortunately, they supported me in that. And then two years later, we came back and launched Chroma. Um, but along the way, I mean, I'll, I'll give you another one, which was fantastic. But you know, along the way, like you're building this thing, you're so excited, you wanna bring it to market and now you gotta go raise money. And now yeah. everyone's telling you no. And they're like, great idea. It's COVID. Uh, we're not yeah. investing in anything. Get it to market and then we'll let you know for instance. Like do it yourself but, yeah. and then we'll join in once it's loud. Like, Yeah, once yeah, once it's out there, then we'll let you know. And 
So, and this is a crazy, crazy story, but it's a fun one. So we finally find a yes, right? It's his mm -hmm. billionaire. He is like, Chroma changed my life. I, I, I like, he lost 20 pounds. Like he stopped drinking 10 Red Bulls. Like he's, he's crying to yeah, us, his family. Red Bulls are, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So he stopped drinking. I was like, that's a win. And he, he was so inspired. He would call and text me every day. Like I'm, we're going to, I'm going to invest the full amount. Like I got this. We don't need, I had another big celebrity that was coming in. He's like, we don't need him. Like this is, I, we're going to go do this together. Like we're going to hold hands, met the family, the whole thing. On the day, and well, two parts. One is there was something inside me that said, something's not right. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't trust something. And my instinct, my intuition was saying something's not right about this person, but I needed the money. And so mm -hmm. my business partner goes, just take the money, take the money. Like we got to do this. And I was like, I don't know. It feels something's off. Well, sure enough, right when the day he's supposed to fund, he disappears and we never hear from him again. Just gone. Never hear from him again. Completely gone. Gone. Ghosted. Don't even hear a, like, sorry, I changed my mind. Nothing. Ghosted. Where'd he go? <laughs> and of course, of course I'm like, did he die? Like, what yeah. happened? I'm like, trying to find people that might be able to be like, <laughs> totally. I was like, and no, he wasn't dead. He just decided to ghost us. Sadly, this happens a lot. I've heard since, as I've told this is story Is this like a game like, oh, for yeah, people or like, is it, wh why? Yeah. Well, oh, oh, and he knew that I had emptied my, he knew I had emptied my 401k. And so I was down to literally, this is a true story. November 3rd, yeah. 2020, I could not pay rent or buy food. That is a honest to God truth. And he had strung us along for three months and he disappears. And so on that November 3rd, I got my first check and kind of built the momentum for it. But the bigger point of this was, thank God he didn't fund. Thank God. Because one, the company wouldn't be where it is today. He probably would have stolen it, to be honest with yeah. you. But the beautiful part about the story is a year later, when we launched, and I waited for this moment, and it was such sweet justice, I, um, in Forbes, Forbes magazine, came out with an article, and it was a picture of me, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jessica Seinfeld, and Amy Schumer, who were all became investors of Chroma, which I'm also going to mention. I didn't know them ahead of time. It's not like I had a personal relationship with them. They just fell in love with Chroma and the vision. And That's so an article comes you. out in Forbes. So thank you. Thank you. And so an article comes out in Forbes. It's an incredible article. It's on our day we launched and I sent it to, I sent it to him and I just said, thank you. And it was basically just, thank you for disappearing asshole. Sweet justice. Sweet <laughs> justice of being like, I amazing. dodged a bullet. Like, Absolutely. And I think that's such an important point in life is that it's, and we know this, but sometimes when we're in it, it's like one, trust your instinct, right? Thank God he mm -hmm. disappeared because I knew something was wrong. But two, when something doesn't go as you had planned, trust that there's something better awaiting. And, mm -hmm. and that it's, it's, you know, it's relationships and it's, it's similar to dating when it comes to in the investor world, you are dating them as much as they're dating you. So like you need to interview oh, them. God, yeah. You need to know. Oh, don't even get me started on dating. Absolutely. Don't even get me started. But yes, a hundred percent. And so there's so many, like there are so many moments, Katrina, along the way and every entrepreneur can relate to it. And there's many, there's tears. There's plenty of tears. There's many yeah. celebrations. Celebrate the wins. For mm -hmm. sure, you have to, every one of them, you have to celebrate because it is hard. Yeah. You know, there are many days that I'm exhausted and it's like, oh my God, like, how are we going to do this? Right. And then you go back to 
look at the good we're doing. Look how amazing this is. People mm-hmm. love the product. It's changing lives. Like, and then you have to sort of kind of do your check-in to make sure you can really stay grounded through just the craziness of it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a the wild practice. It's a wild west and there is an intention yeah. behind it for you, especially where there's there's a mission and the mission helps you get through those difficult moments. Every entrepreneur will understand that yeah. it is painful. It is it is a choice yeah. um, to persevere. Yeah. It is absolutely a choice. I remember remember the days it's like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur because I want to like control my destiny and have more time. And you're like, no, 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 you don't, you don't become an entrepreneur so you can have freedom <laughs> Absolutely not. because you don't ever turn it off, <laughs> ever turn off. Like, so yes, I mean, yesterday, this is a true story. Yesterday I had to take a nap, which I never do. I ha- literally had like, it was like, I had hit that point where it was the tipping point. I was like, I have to go to bed. I, and I allowed myself to do that. I was like, I'm, I'm impressed gonna, with like, you. Cancel, cancel the afternoon. I don't ever do this, but I'm so glad I did because I listened to my body and I tapped out. I was like, I am going way too hard and this isn't going to be good either. Mm-hmm. So I've got to take care of me first so I can come back and, you know, properly lead and contribute. I always compare it to putting your own oxygen mask on the plane before you can help others. And especially as an entrepreneur and a, and a focused one, you keep taking on more and you're like, I can do it. I can handle it. Let me, let me handle it all. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point where you're like, Oh, I'm a sinking ship. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I will, I will be honest. I actually ended up in the hospital maybe three weeks ago and it was a really pivotal moment for me of the pace that I have been living for a very mm-hmm. long time. And I'm still a mom too, right? I still yeah. have a kid in college. I have a daughter that works for me. I've got a still one child at home that's going to college. They still need me, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm still, you know, with them. And obviously they come first, but also then there's this huge responsibility with the business. And I was going at a pace for way too long. And finally my body said, yeah, no, no. And so it was, in fact, Ariana Huffington has an incredible book called Thrive yes. that I started reading. And it's really an important book to read as an entrepreneur because we all get caught in that cycle and it's hard to say no. You want to show up for everything fully and the reality is you can't. Mm-hmm. And I've, I had, uh, I had a little bit of my own little wake up call and here I am in wellness. And I was mm-hmm. like, if I'm not well, how am I going to lead? It's, it's a, it speaks to me <clears throat> on so many levels because you often don't stop especially when you're in this innovation train or constantly trying to serve and you're serving others. So you put that ahead of yourself. Um, But in order to lead well, you have to fill your tank. You don't run a car on empty. Why are we running ourselves on it? Yeah. Well, I think because we think, I mean, I'll just kind of project my own is I just think I can do it all. Like I'm just, I'm bionic. Like I can go, I can go. Like you just, and you get Mm -hmm. into a cycle where you can until you can't. Uh, yeah, and so just the, because the you can, wall you is so hard and it happens so quickly. It's like it wasn't there. And then all of a sudden it's right in front of you. You're like, when did you get here? What, what is happening? It's a, it's yeah. a yeah. big reality moment. I, I, I had the same thing. I ended up in, in the hospital because of an ulcer overnight and oh, wow. out of nowhere, yeah. had no idea, didn't realize I was a freight train. But then when you have that moment, you realize, oh, I can't use my phone in here. I need a moment. Yeah. Exactly. And the only person that's going to turn it off is you. 
So no one's going to come in and say, Katrina, like, I think you're going too hard. <laughs> you should take, take a nap. <laughs> you should go take a couple of days off. Like no one's going to come in and do that for you. So if someone you does, you should see my facial reaction right. to that. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> if you lost your mind, totally. So, um, but it's so important, you know, whether you're in mm-hmm. wellness or whatever kind of business you're in, uh, we really do. It's there. You're never going to have balance. I think that's no. a funny word. You're not going to have balance. So I, I find it ironic. That, but, like... Yeah. I'm like balance. What? But you, you have to also make that time. I mean, a couple of non-negotiables for me, I exercise pretty much every day, even if it's a mm-hmm. power walk, listen, you know, on a, on a conference call, like I will yeah. move, like I did the Peloton this morning and I was on calls while I was on the Peloton. So not the most relaxing workout, but I move because I under, I you know that my, how important it is. I moved. I, and I have to, right. I, I do mm-hmm. meditate every day. I obviously eat very well. And, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Chroma allows me to fuel myself all day because I don't have time to think about food. So half the reason of creating Chroma was to have food that, you know, especially for busy people that keeps you fueled, energized, nourished, you know, so that you can show up for your day. And, and I think a lot of the hard part about health is just even having access right in that way. Absolutely. So I eat really well. Um, and I, and I do make sure that I play probably not as much as I need to right now, but, um, I do make sure I have things to look forward to. Otherwise it just, it becomes all consuming. And that all, all consuming for an entrepreneur, it happens so quickly. Um, and it's mm-hmm. just giving yourself permission to rest. It's, it's so yeah. important. That's a hard one. I was so proud of myself yesterday with the nap. I was like, all right, everyone, I'm going to bed. They were like, You what? should have taken it like a video of it being like, I'm here. I did it. Like- I totally should have. I totally should have. And I woke up and I was great. I was good. And I went and had a great dinner with a really good friend. And I was like, I'm back. I'm good. That's right. But I have to. Cup. At some point, you just like, you just tap out. You're like, I'm out. Like, mm-hmm. yes, there's a million emails that need to be responded to. There's a million texts I haven't seen the to-do list is never going to end. So, but right now I have to take care of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm impressed that you did. And I would give that advice <laughs> to anyone out there. If you're an entrepreneur, take a moment, take a, take a beat yeah. when you need a beat, take a beat. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? Like truly, like, I mean, we're going so hard. I know we want to serve. I know we want to be successful. You know, there's, there's a lot of pressure, all those things, but a lot of the pressure is coming from you. And it may, doesn't necessarily happen, have to happen right now in this moment. Some things do, I get it, but probably everything doesn't. A hundred percent. And I commend you for actually leading the charge here because I think a lot of, um, a lot of entrepreneurs would be in the same boat and really feel that and they need. Absolutely. And that's why I brought, I brought it up, right. Is like, I get it. Mm -hmm. I know I'm living it. Yeah. Right. And, and I've done two big companies now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I've, um, also had to learn some of the hard lessons along the way that kind of hopefully, hopefully along the way we're learning and we're gaining yes. wisdom that we can continue to apply. Um, I have this not concept in my head doing... that if we don't stop, if we all of a sudden stop learning, we're dead. So I'm like, must keep learning. <laughs> and, uh, what, and, and what's the point for that too, right? Like I want to <laughs> like... always be evolving. Right. Yes. I always want to be challenged and growing as a person and as a leader, mm-hmm. right? As a mom, as a friend, the partner. So the multifaceted learnings and growings. It, it's part of why we're here, I think, as a human. We're here to evolve. 
Um, and we might as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It. Well, it does make the journey you. a lot more enjoyable. Oh my gosh, Katrina. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. So grateful for this conversation. And um, if you guys have a moment, check out Chroma Wellness. It will actually change your life. <laughs> I can say that from experience. Mm, thank you. Amazing. Thank you. This is so much fun. Thank you, Katrina.